Welcome to Radical AI, a podcast about technology, power, society, and what it means to be human in the age of information. We are your hosts, Dylan and Jess, and welcome to our New Year's Spectacular. Isn't that right, Jess? Is that what we're calling it? That's what we're, as of right now, this is our New Year's Spectacular. Welcome to our New Year's Spectacular, our holiday episode, our uh, end of year in review. Um, which is which is weird because as we'll talk about, we started like nine months ago, so it's like not like a full year, but it's our year in review because it's the end of the year. True. Well, we'll give another end of year review in April, uh, which is the end of the Rye year. Really, every three months you can expect a, a special episode of some kind. But if we don't deliver on that, you know, don't hold me accountable. Um, but uh, either way, this is our New Year's Spectacular. I almost forgot the word that I used a second ago. It's our New Year's Spectacular. Just what are we doing today on our New Year's Spectacular? Well, we've got a whole host of things lined up for you all, which really is just like two or three things. But we're basically going to reflect on what this year has been, share a little bit of stats with all of you, and we're going to share a special surprise, which we're not going to introduce quite yet, but stay tuned to hear that. So first, we hope that all of you out there who are listening are happy and healthy uh, during this new year, and thank you for spending some of your quality time uh, with us on this podcast. Actually, I mean, it's probably a a good reflection point to state that this podcast was a COVID baby and it was born in the midst of the beginning of the pandemic and has existed throughout the entirety of the pandemic at this point. So a big part of the reason why we think that this podcast was so successful from the start was actually because of quarantine and because everybody at home was listening to us and also because the pandemic and COVID raised a lot of issues with AI that were really in formation at the beginning of our project. So um, a big part of us saying, uh, saying stay safe and stay healthy is also us reflecting on the fact that um, this project began in March, which is when COVID began too. So since that time, we have actually created 50 regular episodes. So including our like first episode, that's like 51 episodes of content within nine months, which when we look at it again, we're like, that's crazy. Why did we, <laughs> why did we do that? Was, that? was that actually strategic or was it just, but um, it's, it's just been a, just a wild, wild ride, especially for us as, uh, you know, we mentioned that we're PhD students and that we're doing our own research on, on the side and doing other things like TAing for classes uh, for our jobs. And, and then we do this and we spend a lot of time doing this. Um, and uh, it's just been such an incredible journey so far. And we're really excited to see where this goes in 2021. But for 2020, uh, we have 50 episodes. So, you know, if there are any that you've missed, which we wouldn't blame you because that's a lot of episodes, please do go and check out that backlog um, because there's a lot of really wonderful conversations, um, even, you know, especially from folks who might not be regular household names. So like, if you see someone on um, our uh, feed that you're like, I don't know who that person is, but you know, I really like that topic, you know, please do check it out uh, because there's just been a lot of a huge, one of the things we're proudest about um, or most proud about this year, it's proudest a word. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, sure. It's proudest, proudest about um, is just the, the sheer diversity of stories and, and voices that have been able to be represented on the show this year. Um, and so uh, I know that's something that we're very grateful for. But also, as we look back, we're like, 
wow, this this was part of the success of this year. Um, and, and those 50 episodes, you know, we're proud of each of them in, in their own way. And also, if you run across names that you don't know or topics that seem interesting but you might have not heard of, if you're in academia, consider using some of our episodes in your curriculum or in your syllabus. We've heard from a few professors at universities that they've actually used some of our episodes um, for case studies in technology ethics classes and that the students responded really well to them. So that's also um, something that you can keep in your wheelhouse. Is that a correct expression? That is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so while, while, while you're doing that, um, the uh, other things that we're excited about from this year, just in terms of like these raw stats, um, we had people from nearly 50 countries, maybe more than 50 countries some months, listening to us on a weekly basis, which is just really out there for us to, to think that we've actually impacted you know, people's listening lives. Um, and the amount of the feedback that we've heard from like, in different languages and from different places has just been like really cool. So also if you are from uh, another a country uh, outside of the US and Europe, but or if you're just in the US and Europe, that's fine too. You know, reach out to us and just let us know that you're listening and maybe what your favorite episode has been over the course of this year. Just we would love to hear from you um, and maybe how this podcast has impacted your thinking or your feeling or some other element. And also along those lines, a part of our project is to create a platform that's accessible uh, globally. And so even though we talk about some topics that might be a little bit US-centric or Europe-centric sometimes, we also care deeply about the AI ethics issues that impact, or even just the tech issues that impact people all around the world. So if you think that there's a topic that's missing from our list of episodes that's impacting you in whatever country you reside in, reach out to us too, because we want to hear those stories. And we think those stories are almost more important to cover sometimes, especially because people in the U.S. aren't always looking for stories that exist outside of our own country. We're also very excited (laughs) that we are quickly approaching 40,000 downloads, which means um, if we do our math right, which I don't always do, uh, that we're going to hit 50K before we turn one year old uh, as a podcast. And that's, that's like really exciting for a podcast that um, in the beginning, you know, is just was seen as really niche. Um, and the fact that we're reaching so many folks on, again, on a weekly basis, not just from so many countries, but like people are listening to the whole thing. <laughs> and like, they, and there's, there's a lot of you. And uh, that's just like, we're incredibly grateful for all the time um, that you have given us our voices. And also, more importantly, um, the stories and the voices of our guests on the show and all that they're doing to transform the world of AI and also just the the world in general. And speaking of math, if you divide 40,000 by the amount of weeks and episodes that we've been out, um, we have the raw numbers, but we won't bore you with those. This means that thousands of you are listening to our episodes and us, and more importantly, our guests every single week. And for that, we can't thank you all enough. It, this project would not exist without an audience and without a community. And you've all shown us the most welcoming and warm arms and grace that any community we've ever been a part of has. So it has been incredible to experience so far in just these short nine months. And we just can't wait to keep growing this community more and more in the next few years and who knows how long. (laughs) And so in the spirit of uh, reflection, because I think for Jess and I, you know, one of the uh, biggest gifts of this time of year is to just like slow down and take stock of what's going on in the world and what's going on 
in our lives and to set intentions for uh, the coming year, we wanted to slow down and rewind to the story of how all of this started um, and where we're at now. And this is all leading up to this uh, gift or announcement <laughs> at the end of this uh, at the end of this show in particular. Let's call uh, it a surprise. Let's call it a surprise. Oh, that's a much better word than gift or <laughs> announcement. Um, gift just feels so like Judeo-Christian centric at this time of year. Yeah, we'll call it a surprise. We'll call it a surprise. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Let's call it a surprise. Uh, so stay tuned for the surprise uh, guarantee. It will be very interesting and or worth your while. Um, so uh, let's, I guess, start at the beginning of this Radical AI podcast. Um, so in this story, if you have listened to, say, like our six-month episode or a three-month episode, I'm telling you, we do this every three months. We don't even plan it like that. Um, you may have heard part of the story before, but it, it changes every time. And especially as we start talking with more colleagues, especially activists and people in this uh, radical AI space, it helps us to reflect on our journey and on the ways that we can be uh, better stewards to radical AI and what that is. So with that said, from March until now, here is uh, our story of how this project came to be and how it exists today uh, as of the new year as of the turn from 2020 to 2021. The Radical AI podcast was born in reaction to the premise that AI, as it is designed and deployed today, is often harmful. AI is regularly used as a tool to promote corrupt systems of power, with little afterthought of its potential for harming the communities who have no say in its creation. AI is often used as a band-aid to cover the symptoms of a broken and discriminatory society, or even worse, sometimes these systems cause the symptoms of inequity, and they fail to consider the various needs of diverse sets of stakeholders. They also fail to acknowledge the systems of oppression that the technology is rooted in. So we launched the Radical AI podcast nine months ago in March of 2020. And we chose to name our project Radical AI because we dreamt of creating a radical space to share the stories that tend to get left out of the conversation. We wanted to illuminate underrepresented stories in the AI and tech world, like systemic racism, ableism, sexism, and other systems of unevenly distributed power that AI often perpetuates. And because we knew that the word radical contained many histories and meanings and definitions in the AI space and beyond, the first goal of our project was to work in community to co-define what radical AI means in the present context, and then to figure out how we can use its vision to create a better future. And as two PhD students rooted in values of curiosity, humility, and hope for a better world, we began to interview dozens of scholars and the responsible tech community about what radical AI as a concept meant to them and what radical work might look like in AI. And thanks to the input of various leaders in the AI ethics and activist community, specifically the leadership in the Radical AI project, our questions and goals for this project began to both broaden and sharpen. Our goal with this project became to resist harmful technologies and how they are created today through community building and collective storytelling, and to continue to co-define radical AI. And so this project, you know, in, in some ways, um, 
began out of a, a certain level of uh, ignorance, <laughs> I'll say. Like, so um, we knew that there were these stories out there. There were these experiences that uh, colleagues or um, you know people that we looked up to were, were having out there. And uh, besides, you know, certain work coming out of like the MIT Tech Review or, or some other more niche places, there wasn't really a central space for these stories to exist and for there to be uh, a community around them. Or, you know, so we thought when we started this, um, we quickly learned as we began to, to speak to people that there were actually a lot of people out there who were telling these stories already. And uh, these stories were continuing to uh, grow and to change and transform communities. And there are, uh, there were so many activists and so many academics and people in industry who were already kind of doing this work that, that we weren't aware of. And so our job uh, became less, you know, let's create the activism ourselves, like, like be the activism at the center of anything, but more so to tell the stories of the awesome activism that's already happening, which is a way for us also to name that like radical AI and radical as a concept has been around for a long time. Um, and so we are, are stepping into that shadow, um, but we are not necessarily driving that shadow, right? We are, we are stepping into that tradition um, and we want to be a part of it, but we don't, uh, we're not naming ourselves as any sort of center within it. Um, so really, I think that last part that uh, Jess, you were saying is, is right on that. Like our goal at this point, especially as PhD students is uh, that we are trying to tell the stories of resistance to harmful technologies and uh, to tell the stories of how those technologies are created today through community building and collective storytelling. And so the core of what we're doing right now is that educational component. And in a sense, that is the root of this project. As PhD students and emerging academics, this is an academic pursuit. And I think originally our intention might have been I don't want to say less academic, but I think our intention was to uh, build a platform, build a community. And we soon realized that we didn't need to do that because the community was already there. But what we needed to do was tap into the community and become a part of it and to figure out and explore what this community really is, who the key players are, and what everyone stands for. And that's something that we are still in active pursuit of. But it's, as academics, a really interesting pursuit for us because we no longer have to try to um, say that we have you know, defined what this space is. And we no longer have to say that we have the solutions and we are no longer seeking to get the solutions for the community or to be, as Dylan was saying, the activists um, doing the on the ground work in this space. But our form of activism is this storytelling and education of radical AI and of AI ethics and responsible tech to the community at large. And I think our mission, at least I can speak for myself and maybe for both of us as academics, part of our mission is to really just learn. And that's so much of what we do on this podcast, in these interviews with guests, on this show, throughout the last nine months is just learn and to see who the people in this community are and to see what this project can teach us. And so far, it's been a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we come from the premise that education 
isn't passive and it's not apolitical, right? Like to educate, we're, we're making a statement about, uh, about values and about the stories that need to be told. And our value statement is that the stories that need to be told are generally the ones that are not being told, right? The, the generally the ones that, that are happening or being, you know, silenced um, in that. And, and I think that, you know, what personally for us, like one of the, the biggest um, gifts that this, project has given us besides, you know, amazing conversations with wonderful leaders uh, in this space is that it's really forced us to hold up a mirror to ourselves as academics and as white academics specifically um, to see the great privilege that, you know, we do uh, wield and to ask ourselves, well, how, what do we do with that responsibly? Um, and so I think for us, we don't always hit the mark, right? Um, but I think for us, that that's part of the personal element of this project is us trying to wield that um, platform of academic privilege that we do have to uh, tell the stories that are are not being told, um, and I think again that's an ongoing it's an ongoing discernment <laughs> of of how of how to do academia well and how to do activism well and how to how to do this radical AI project well, especially because we are stepping into that tradition that's been laid out by you know, hundreds upon hundreds of people through decades. Yeah, and, and one of the biggest goals for our project when we began was to find a way to decenter ourselves, which is, you know, a bit ironic and incredibly challenging in a project where we are literally at times the center of the project just based off of the nature of how a podcast works, you know? Like we are, we are hosting a podcast and we are creating a platform here and we co-founded this organization together and yet we aren't necessarily the people who should be at the center of these conversations that we are hosting for our audience. And so how as hosts and as academics and as interrogators and interviewers do we ask the questions that we want answers for without introducing our own biases and introducing our own privilege and um, without centering ourselves, really. And so I think, I mean, you hit it right on, Dylan, that it starts with acknowledging where we come from and who we are and how that plays a role in what we do, but also with acknowledging that we aren't the center of this project and we never seek to be and we hope that we never will be. And so why share this story now? Right, like why at the end of the year, beginning of the next year, why, well, you know, why, why share the story? Why talk about these different struggles that we're having personally, things like that, uh, with this project? And that's because I think that one of the gifts that each of us can give to whatever space we inhabit is that gift of intentionality. And so our hope is that by some of our, you know, appropriate vulnerability around, you know, some of the struggles that we've had in this project and some of the ways that this project has evolved and we've evolved within it. Um, that it's also can be an, an invitation for you wherever you are to uh, you know take stock of of where you are perhaps the privileges that you do have and uh, to join us in being even more intentional about how to navigate um, that privilege for the you know betterment of all and to make this this world better and that can happen in the AI world but it can also happen in you know any world uh, that that you might inhabit so to be clear uh, we are still in active exploration to define what radical work is in AI but and now it's time for the surprise Jess it's the best part of the holiday uh, New Year's 
special what, the spectacular. spectacular spectacular extravaganza no, festival spectacular. Yep. yep okay <laughs> <laughs> but the highlight the there's the star the spectacular part the spectacular some might say of the spectacular um is uh to share a little bit about what we've learned so far and uh, we thought about different ways of doing this um you know we, we thought about sharing uh different like lists we thought about um different like fun end of the year ranking things um but but we decided to share uh this video so we have prepared a video with selected audio from some of our first 50 interviews and we share these stories and ideas in this video with all of you not to say that we have agreed upon a definition of radical ai but to say that Radical AI is this rich tapestry of diverse beliefs and stories and dreams and actions and so much more. And in many ways, our research over the course of this year has shown that perhaps it is that exact multiplicity of meanings that gives Radical AI the enduring power to enact change and transform status quo notions of justice and liberation. Right? Maybe it's the fact that we don't have a common definition or don't maybe we don't even want to get to a common definition that that the real power is in radical ai as a concept and radical ai will always be a community-led effort so as we close our new year's spectacular episode we want to share our gratitude for the wisdom and vision of the community members that have impacted the podcast this project and our lives this year so in a moment, you will hear the audio recording of podcast guests as they answer the question on our show, what is radical AI? And following this episode, we invite you to view the show notes for a link to the video version of this project. Please share it as you feel called to. Thank you everyone so much for such an amazing year of the Radical AI podcast. We wish each and every one of you a happy and healthy new year. And as always, stay radical. How do I, uh, how do I define the word radical? Um, man, transform some, something that's transformative. Maybe honestly, like many times, radical does not mean like different, you know, so different or uh, or extraordinary. It just means bringing back like ideas that you know things that are that are actually very ordinary, and for some reason we have been brainwashed to think that they're not. So I think radical is one of those double-edged, like a double-edged sword type of term. So on one hand, it can imply to people like kind of this unrealistic or um, extremist view. So, but when I'm thinking about maybe radical, I'm just thinking about changing the status quo of a field, or at least maybe insidiously putting certain ideas in the minds of people who might not otherwise be um, exposed to it. I think for me, radical means looking at the world as it is and saying, this could be different. An idea or a person is radical if they can look at the status quo and say, hold on, that's not set in stone, that's not given, that can be changed. Radical is foundationally about social transformation. It's about creating the conditions for foundational social and political change.
thing as a black female researcher, I feel like my existence in the field is radical in and of itself. You know, there are not a lot of us. And though we're growing in numbers and visibility, there's still a huge deficit in the amount of people who look like me in the field. But of course, radical also means uh, a far reaching or on, on the fringes, uh, a sort of a different perspective. I would like to see sort of uh, a version of AI where, you know, from beginning to end, there's opportunity for inclusion of the perspectives of the people outside of kind of the traditional um, authority figures within the AI space. What would it actually look like to create a version of this technology where different people can kind of be involved? I guess people outside of the traditional locus of control. Are, are kind of invited in to get to participate and to define what that system actually does. But often when people claim to be doing something radical, you know, if people are claiming too hard that what they're doing is radical, I think it often isn't. Um, it's one of those words with big hype, like disruptive, right? Like in industry, everything is disruptive all the time to the point where I feel like it's sort of lost its meaning. The word kindness is the word I'm going to use uh, for the one word for radical. I think radical to me is always questioning your assumptions. Changing um, or transforming the way that we think about our social world and the way that our social world functions um, such that we um, prioritize the lives and the needs of the most vulnerable and the historically marginalized and oppressed. A, a change of system, like a you know an overhaul of system or a changing um, of system outside of the systematic framework. So we're not working within the rules. We're trying to break that and you know and find something else. So for me, in that process, I think of like the radical as an expression of like potential. You know, like. There's a potential for more outside. I think how I'd like to define radical is non-algorithmic thinking. I did mention that I was a child, a teenager in the 80s, right? So I mean, so I, so radical is something that you know, as soon as you say, what does radical mean? It's like it's like a slang for it's cool. The first thing that comes to mind is the notion of free radicals, which I learned about years ago as a Mary Kay beauty consultant. That has something to do with skincare and whatnot. Uh, I think in this context, the concept of radical is something that deviates from the norm, um, something that is over the top, off center, something that is above and beyond. The term radical really evades kind of a fixed definition. I think of it more as like a process or a verb. I would define it as shoring up or finding unlikely connections. Fundamental reimagining of our constructed reality, because it is constructed, based on critical inquiry, both internal and external. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like my first emotional reaction to the word radical was this little tinge of sadness, where radical to me sometimes means marginal. And um, when people use radical in the United States, they often use it as in a disparaging way like oh that's too radical oh that's a radical um and so i had this reaction where i was like i i don't i don't want to be i don't identify as a radical i identify as someone who wants to clearly identify the things that are actually happening in the world and even if it involves having to be if it involves being kind of collaborative or if it involves being adversarial you know i'm not okay with a world in which there's not room for all of us to thrive. Um, and so 
that's kind of if that's what being a radical means then i think all people should like radicals um so maybe in that sense a radical is also a challenge to kind of think harder about am i including you know am i including everybody's liberation and the vision of liberation that i'm working for and like how can i challenge myself to do better about that and i think a, a, a radical political actor carries the banner um perhaps sometimes with uh, quite a bit of friction and anger to to um, call out what is not happening. Radical means starting with people first, valuing people over profit. That takes that could take a lot of different forms. Uh, that, that could take the form of, of questioning uh, whose voices are, are involved in designing technology and AI systems specifically, uh, and how historically marginalized groups of people might contribute to, to uh, shaping those systems. Yeah, I mean, radical is such an energizing word for me, right? Like radical is sharply deviating from the norm. Like, you know, not just deviating, sharply deviating. Radical work begins with a shared understanding that there is a root problem. Society distributes power evenly. Uh, Growing from these roots, Radical AI examines how AI rearranges power and critically engages with the radical hope that our communities can dream up different human AI systems that help put power power back in the hands of uh, the people. Yeah. I love the word radical, you know, because although it gets a bad rep, um, to me, at the most fundamental level, it's about drawing our attention to the root issues, the root causes, what often lies beneath everything else that we're talking around. Like, what are the fundamental issues that we should return to? And I like thinking about my work in in terms of a radical framing because it's about questioning what we most take for granted, you know? Like, part of being social beings and being socialized is that you have to buy in to an agreement that, okay, we're not going to question X, Y, and Z so we can get along, so we can interact with each other. And so a radical conversation or a radical approach to something says, you know, we've been doing it like this for a while. Maybe we should question it. (laughs) Maybe it's not working for everyone. (laughs) And it's disruptive in the sense that people don't like to question the the, the long-held beliefs and norms and, and practices. But I think on a routine basis, it leads to a much healthier, just world when we return to those starting principles and think, okay, is this still what, are we still living up to our ideals? Are we still, you know, and so as a sociologist that studies technology, part of it is to really push back against um, a technical fix for many of these problems that fail to address the root causes, right? And so it's not that technology inevitably remains at the surface or the superficial or the symptoms. It's not inevitable, but too often we get so enamored with the technical fix that we stop there and we don't dig deeper into what is actually giving rise to this problem that we're trying to fix. And so for me, Radical AI is an AI that decenters itself as part of any movement, as part of any solution. If we look to the AI to guide us or to in the way that that mathematician did, or we look to the AI as like our, you know, our beacon of what we're trying to do is make it better rather than putting it in its place in terms of a larger social transformation, then it's not radical, right? Because what we need to think about is how to foster more just and loving human relationships. 